Hi, this is Elia Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And um, what I've been trying to do is put together a series of new talks, not from my lecture series, but for CTS Us. And there are many things that we do cover often, or we think about covering liver and pancreas and kidney and bowel and chest and aorta. But one thing that's important that we tend to notice people do miss things and or miss the opportunity to detect things, and that's things in the skin and subcutaneous tissues. So let me try to give you two talks on that topic. If you think about it, we image the skin and soft tissues on every patient. We may not look at it carefully, and at times the technologists will cut those areas off the scan, and we try to make sure they don't. When you think about the applications, we could talk about trauma and tumors. We could talk about the extent of pathology on things that are in muscle or in soft tissue. We could talk about inflammatory disease, whether it's abscesses, whether it's complications post-ops. There are a lot of things we can look at in the skin and soft tissues. And when we look at it, we look on the axials, we can look at multiplanar or 3D imaging. And one of the things I'm going to focus on in this talk is the fact that with some of the 3D imaging, and we've written about that in the past, but especially with cinematic, there's some unique opportunities to maybe detect things we commonly overlook. So let's take a look. There's been a good article by Katz. That's really my favorite article on the subject. A number of years ago, broad spectrum of skin and subcutaneous findings may be discovered in the emergency setting on CT exams. There are some findings that are directly related to the reason why the exam was done. However, there are others that are incidental. The skin and subcutaneous tissues are by definition on the periphery of CT and may be overlooked by the radiologist, although the findings related to them can be of clinical importance. And again, that statement that it can be of clinical importance is really critical. Now, they did a pictorial essay, showed a broad spectrum of possibilities, and they talked about categories of cutaneous or subcutaneous abnormalities, include trauma and hemorrhage, iatrogenic, infection, neoplasms, calcifications, and other miscellaneous entities. And I think it's an article that's worthwhile reading. There have been other articles talking about, for example, some of the diseases that do affect skin and muscle, like cutaneous and subcutaneous malignancies. Uh, again, knowing that that may be the initial appearance, and maybe the only findings become very important. This article by Yu Seng did talk about cutaneous lymphomas. We talk about mycosis fungoides, uh, most commonly T-cell lymphomas, uh, but B-cell occasionally. Talk about cutaneous metastasis are rare, but do occur. Now, we do know that the detail we get, this is cinematic rendering, looking at muscle and soft tissue are amazing. Look at the detail on that muscle. And of course, if I change some of the transparencies, I can get down to bone. Now, we're not going to talk about things that primarily involve bone or begin in bone for the most part in this talk. We're going to speak about the sub-Q down through muscle. So if you look at this patient's chest, you can see the breast, the breast tissue, the pectoralis major and minor muscle, the rectus abdominis, the mild dehiscence in the midline. And again, the fact that we will be going from one set of images to the other by simply changing the lookup table is again going to be ideal. So things we look at, this patient had a questionable mass on chest x-ray and what they were seeing actually was the fact there was a symmetry because this patient is opposite, is 
missing the patient's pectoralis major muscle on the right side and has Poland syndrome. And, you know, maybe you missed it as well. Easy to miss. Maybe you think it's because the arms are positioned funny. But look at the 3D volume reconstruction showing you the fact that there is no muscle present. And here it is with 3D volume rendering also, but with grayscale and a little bit more with color. But again, look at the muscle mass. And you could see, it was, if you were looking at the outside of the patient, you would have recognized that something is missing. You see those ribs too well on the right. You don't see them on the left with the same rendering technique. And that's simply going to be absence of the pectoralis major muscle and Poland syndrome. Or in this case, we were looking at the patient's abdomen. You can see some stranding in the posterior aspect behind the pancreas. These were neurofibromas. But look at the neurofibromas in the subcutaneous tissues. They're in the skin. They're outpouching out. You can see them on the axial views here and on this set of axial views as well. You see hemangiomas in the spleen. And now we take that into classic volume rendering and look at all of those subcutaneous nodules you're seeing. You really better appreciate the extent of the neurofibromatosis. Here's another view, just rotating the patient a little bit. And here it is with same thing with the skin, subcutaneous tissues on the cinematic rendering. And if I adjust the parameters a bit more, you can see more of the detail. Here I'm really accentuating the nodules against the muscle. So really a nice look. Or in this case, this patient has multiple vascular small bowel tumors, which were neurofibromatosis in a patient with, uh, which were just tumors in a patient with neurofibromatosis. But look at all of those skin lesions there or on the coronal view here, which also shows you nicely the extent of the patient's vascular tumors. Or look at it here with classic volume rendering or here where I'm looking at the cinematic rendering with several projections. And again, the information you get in this patient by looking at the skin is very critical in knowing what you're dealing with and what the clinician will have to be dealing with. We talk about cutaneous neurofibromas are also called dermal neurofibromas. They grow from the small nerves in the skin or just under the skin and appear as small bumps beginning around puberty. It's less common to see this type of neurofibroma in young children with neurofibromatosis 1. And here's just another nice example of showing the neurofibromas, multiple TNTC to count. Here it is again, just a beautiful, beautiful visualization. And then if I look straight on, here it is with transparency, seeing through the abdominal wall, and there's the abnormalities in the abdominal wall. Just a beautiful example. And to show you another example, here's a patient with neurofibromas from the intercostal space pushing into the chest. And here it is, a bunch of neurofibromas, low density around the pancreas and peripancreatic region. And here's the patient's neurofibromatosis. Not quite as dramatic as the last few cases, but still indeed extremely uh, impressive. And of course, if you did not know what the diagnosis should be in this patient, once you saw these neurofibromas, it's a home run diagnosis. Very simple to make the correct diagnosis. Um, Hussein also made the point cutaneous and subcutaneous malignancies represent the most common type of cancer and frequently present with overlapping uh, appearances. Um, when you look at some examples, here's a patient with adenocarcinoma of the colon. 
had these masses in the groin. You see nodes in the groin, but look at those lobulations of the skin. There's nodularity, there's thickening, there's induration. And here it is on the cinematic. There's the masses. This was biopsied metastatic colon cancer. So you can see that you want to be careful. I'll go back one more image, how you can easily maybe not pay attention or just blow off that lesions coming off the skin in the right lower quadrant. But that lesion is critical. That was a side of patient's metastatic disease. And there are several more lesions on the skin that you can see on the reconstructions. Uh, just a very, very nice example. Or this case where we see a rectus metastasis from cholangiocarcinoma. You can see the mass in the left rectus muscle. You can see it on the, the 3D volume rendering when I accentuate it. And you really can see it well on the cinematic. There it is in the left rectus muscle, anterior to the liver. And here it is when I look at the straight-on views where you see the, the mass in the muscle and because of the shading and the algorithms, it made it easy for me to recognize the extent of the tumor and the feeding vessels going through the tumor. And here's a couple more views of that. What about this patient, abdominal pain and weight loss? When you look quickly, there's skin thickening, but you're probably unimpressed or perhaps unimpressed in that one image. But look at the reconstructions. Look how extensive that is across the abdomen. Here it is, a couple more images of that where you can see both left and right side of disease, and you can see the infiltration here on the volume rendering, and this was cutaneous lymphoma. And cutaneous lymphomas are not that uncommon. They're a distinct form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The things we think about, mycosis fungoides, Cesare syndrome are two of the most common forms. One-fourth of cutaneous lymphomas are B-cell derived and divided into three groups. The primary cutaneous follicular or center lymphoma primary cutaneous marginal zone lymphoma, and primary cutaneous lymphomas, uh, B-cell type, leg type. So again, there's a lot of different things to learn in terms of classification, but you can see the first thing is being to recognize them. And this article, again, makes the point that you need to be very careful looking and detecting these lesions. Cutaneous lymphoma is a heterogeneous group of diseases. So here's what looks like very simple subcutaneous nodules, left abdominal wall. Patient has a big spleen. Here it is again with the 3D imaging. Looks like a satellite with multiple um, starry night appearance, perhaps. But the point is this ended up being lymphoma. This is kind of subtle. You look at those small nodules. Gosh, they're small. Maybe it's something else. But this ended up being a very unusual form of lymphoma. Or speaking about malignancy, look at this case. Axial CT, large, bulky, ulcerating tumor, which on the volume rendering shows this mass coming off the patient's left inner thigh. On, this, on the uh, CTA view, the extensive neovascularity of the tumor is seen beyond the surgical clips, and very nicely defining you both the vascular map as well as the appearance with a volume rendering of the patient's ulcerating tumor. Just a very good set of images nicely defining that. Now, it's not just tumor. Infection uh, can be classified as superficial or deep infection. Superficial infections are considered to include um, infections involving the skin and uh, hypodermis, deep infections at or below the level of the fascia. And so, for example, here's a good example of an abscess in the left groin. 
water density, inflammation, soft tissue. Here it is on the 3D. Again, the slower flow in the left vein, but you can see the arterial mapping. You can see a little bit of induration in the left groin present. And if I change the rendering one more time, uh, this is with cinematic. You see the nodes better on the left. You see the induration. You see the inflammation. And here I'll just change it back to bone on one side. Or here showing you from below this fluid collection within muscle, the induration and inflammation that's present. And when you look at the intramuscular abscess components, well, there you see multiple low-density structures, tubular in fact and type, and that's a classic appearance for an abscess. Now, um, you can see the skin on the color-coded views is indurated. You can see thickening. You could think about an abscess, perhaps, but this looks more like tumor. Here's a few good views showing you some increased flow uh, off the patient's brachial artery, but there's no AV malformation. There's no mass. There's no other findings noted. Here it is again on another set of images. Again, very nicely showing you the bone, very nicely showing you the uh, axillary to brachial artery. And again, I think it's important as I go through this to understand how many images I look at. I look at soft tissue, I look with vessels, I look at the bone, I look at the 3D, I look at the muscle. So you need to be able to do this interactively to really make it possible. And here's a great view in this case as well. You can see the cases of myolysis, patient with a history of um, pelvic pain, acute renal failure, drug abuse. If you look carefully, particularly on the image on your far right, on the cinematic view, the decreased attenuation of muscle is particularly impressive. This patient had rhabdomyolysis, which initially was missed. It's very subtle early until you see significant discrepancy between muscle and the patient's area of rhabdomyolysis, but it can be tricky. We also talk about if you're looking in the inguinal region, you see this vascular structure. Do not confuse that with an abscess that can be catastrophic. That's the typical appearance of a pseudoaneurysm. You see it very nicely here with the outpouching. You see it very nicely here with the large nodes in the contralateral uh, inguinal zone. You see here the increased density. On the left side, redder. That's because of the... Uh, the fact that there's induration present. There's more nodes on the right than the left, but that induration, the inflammation, the engorgement does give you increased vascular flow, and in this case, probably AV shunting. And you can see here the patient's pseudoaneurysm as well. So really, there are a lot of things you can be looking at. It's just a matter of looking at all of them. And, you know, speaking about looking at all of them, I think what we'll do is why don't we take a few minutes for lunch, then I'll come back... And let's do part two of this. Okay, see you in a moment. Bye.